1: This, my friends, how the hell is double or nothing next weekend? Like, where did that go? We were all going, oh my gosh, can't believe that Hangman and Page is champion about eight seconds ago. And now he's facing CM Punk. I tell you, I'm getting worried, life oh, going too damn fast. But let's not worry about that because it's morbid and depressing, and instead let's worry about the latest episode of AEW Rampage and decide whether it was good. Or decide it was a pile of crap. That's right. This is the official place to do that. Nobody else anywhere is allowed an opinion. That's not true. One person is going to think I'm being serious. But I don't want to fall into that world. Because it's bad news. I wrote the intro again. Hello. Simon Miller. What culture? Ups and downs. Let's go. Right here is what we have to do, AEW has to sit down with their big book and just get as many 6 man tags in there as possible because they never do a bad one. Case in point, the start of Rampage, the House of Black versus Dark Order and Fuego Del Sol. This was so much damn fun. I was also losing it to begin with because we allowed 10 from the Dark Order and Evil Uno to throw these guys around a bit because they're big dudes and why can't they slap some meat. And the funniest bit is Fuego Del Sol was just like man. I wanna get in there. So he did, and he just got wrecked. Let's not pretend this guy doesn't know what he's doing. He absolutely does. Around this time is when Buddy Matthews got in there, and we really need to talk about this dude more because he is so good, especially when he was teaming with Malachi Black. They were just coming up with all these double team moves, like us playing a video game. Soon Brody King and Una were in there with Brody trying to gonzo bomb the masked man, but he's not into that. Although sadly his defence didn't last long, because this is when the House of Black got together and they were just running through everyone. Diego then realised his time was now, as so he had a Spanish fly onto Buddy, and this is when I think we also decided man, we've got to give Ten his moment, we've got to let him run wild. Because he was in the ring and he was smashing up everyone. He got the hot tag and he was suplexing and doing these throws. And even Chris Jericho on commentary was like, well I think that guy should take the mask off because he's super over with the fans and I think he has a bright future. And That almost was true on this night until Malachi Black saw his knee and he took him out. He still got lariated out of his boots though because we were not messing around and around this stage the tag claxon went off we just had move 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 move. Including Malachi Black doing one of those moonsaults to the outside. he not a small man and he flies. It almost felt like the House of Black came together to hit specific moves on all three of these guys, however, including Brody King finally hitting the Gonzo bomb onto Evil Uno. He got the one, two, three, and they've got another victory. It did get really weird afterwards because the death triangle came out and they have built a tombstone that just said double or nothing on it. So never forget, in Kfabe, enter Pack and Phoenix got together with their tools. Imagine that, like 10 o'clock at night. And they made a giant tombstone. I said, oh, man, their faces when they dragged this out. This is why I love wrestling. All of this was really fun. That match at the pay-per-view is going to be absolutely nuts. I'm giving it up. The new team of the Gun Club and the Acclaim were being interviewed after this. And I want you to look me dead into my eyes because I'm not playing around. When this was done, I said to myself, and I will say to you... Wrestling has just peaked. Now, there was some sad news here because Anthony Bowen's actually got injured during their match on Elevation. So all positive thoughts to that guy and I hope he gets better soon. But here, everybody was looking up to Billy Gunn saying, Daddy, Father, Papa, what do we do? We've lost a member. And Billy Gunn basically ignored his own kids. And he turned to Max Cassidy, he's like, don't worry. Every good team has to go through adversity. And when we're all back together, we'll be stronger than ever. So the idea here is so simple. Surely, eventually, Colton and Austin go, look, dad, why don't you love us? And why do you love everybody else so much? But until we get there, everybody involved is so aware what they're doing. I'm flipping loving it. I mean it. It's not for you. That is totally cool. But I want wrestling to take this silliness, put it in a package and send it to me every single day of my life. It's made me laugh. Giving it up. Quick interview with FTR as well, who not only accepted Rapongi Vice's challenge here, but also said that if there is a tag team title out there for them to win, including the AEW ones, they want to win it. I thought about it and I decided, yeah, you should probably do that if you ever are going to do that right now. Cash and Dax are more over than ever. And then I popped. Not like a balloon. I mean, I cheered because Big Damo was on AEW. I mean, he is such a good dude. And it's nice to see good things happening to decent people. And he was taking on Sean Spears here. Mostly because Sean has his big cage match with Wardlow on Wednesday. And he needs to beat a big dude. So that when he takes on a necessarily bigger dude you can say, well, I'm pretty sure he can beat big dudes. What? Scalibur made it very clear too that MJF had picked this opponent, and while Big Damo did get a few things in there, this could not have gone more than two minutes. Spears hit the C4, got the one, two, three, cut a promo say, Wardlow, I think you're a piece of crap. We were done. Such is the way with one-hour television programs, though. You do have to get through it imagine Sean Spears actually wins on dynamite? The world is going to melt down. But as ever, this just served as an advert for what we're going to do in a few days. I think we must have run out of time on other shows as well because then we cut to the back where the Undisputed Elite were and the Young Bucks went, yo, parties, how are you doing? Let's have a match at Double or Nothing. And then it just got confirmed. Colonel O'Reilly and Adam Cole are also here and they have now convinced themselves that they will get to the finals of the Owen Hart Cup tournament. And this was great for two reasons. One, Carl was all like, oh man, maybe there'll be a finger poke of doom, which got me. But also two, the whole time, Bobby Fish was just like the saddest ocean creature ever here because now everybody else has got something to do but he's left all alone. So more of that as and when we can. And seriously, every single segment on this week's episode of Rampage was dedicated to a little bit of goofiness. I was having the best time. And speaking of the Owen Hart Cup, it was then time for the next round of the women's version. Because it was red velvet versus chris statlander ruby soho was on commentary and i thought all of this was fine we really tapped into the whole thing that chris satlander is a powerhouse even though she did used to be an alien and also while we still don't know as to why red velvet turned heel i actually think she may be a better bad guy than she was a good guy. Like even when she stands there and just poses, you're like, man, I want somebody to get her. She also had a plan here, because at one point they were fighting on the outside and she trapped Stan Lander in the ring skirting. <laughs> that really didn't work. Because when Chris was out of there, she just grabbed her and threw her into the ring apron. She also decided to taunt the baddies, which could not be a good idea. But the reason this worked so well is because then from nowhere on commentary, Chris Jericho just went, oh yeah, I forgot to tell you. I think Red Velvet should be the Sports Enditarian of the Week. So I was like, where did that come from? It did get a little bit weird because Red Velvet then went after Chris Statlander's knee, which is basically what we had done in the first match. But there was a big near-fall hit after she had hit the final slice. I was like, oh my gosh, they're going to have Red Velvet wins. Chris Datlander kicked down at two. They were then going for all of their finishes and all of these moves and that's when it dawned on me and I said out loud, they're going to have the most devastating move in all of sports entertainment, roll up, fight, cradle thingamajig. And one of them is just going to have the better most devastating move in all of sports entertainment and get the win that's exactly what they did this time it was Chris Statlander who was able to get the better of it so she will be going on to the next round and I am going to give this an up because I thought it was a very fun match but I do have to say not only in AEW but WWE and who knows what else we have fallen back into this pattern where the surprise roll up is like your get out of jail free card now we have done it a lot in this women's tournament. So I am officially keeping an eye on it. I'm not saying you can't do that finish, but it's like everything. If you do it too much, you get the law of diminishing returns. And nobody likes the law of diminishing returns. Originally, I also thought that we set up a six women tag match, because after the baddies had jumped in to beat up Chris Statlander, Ruby Soho and Anna Jay made the save. But then later on, Jade Cargill freaked out and she challenged Anna Jay for double or nothing. And that got confirmed in record quick time. Anna J probably does deserve something because don't forget, she recently lost her best friend.
2: Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, Hello Fresh is your guilt free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh
0: in a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com achieve today. Before we go any further, though, this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Now, we all carry around different stresses. They can be a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and best of all, suited to your schedule. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com/slash WhatCulture today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P.com/slash WhatCulture. And then we are taking our fingers of power
1: and we are pointing them up in the air. Why? we had this training video for Tony Nees and Mark Sterling taking on Hookhausen I think this may have been the greatest thing that I've ever seen in my life and I want this match more than I want Roman Reigns versus The Rock and I mean it and you've just got to go and watch it because it is so dumb it is so silly it is so ridiculous and it is so goofy and Dan Houghton tried to do pull-ups as Hook looked at him like what the hell have I got myself into it was gold nice and Sterling were also acting like they were smashing the gym but they weren't really and every time Sterling was training in the ring it was like he had been shot I can't wait for this it is on the free part of Double or Nothing so I expect. Every single wrestling fan on the planet to watch it I am not kidding It was the TNT title stuff next I want to make it very clear I think everybody involved in this Is a very good professional wrestler With a huge upside But when it comes to this story I officially don't get it. But I respect the fact that AEW was thrown everything at this to try and make it work, but it just ain't clicking for me. And it started with the men of the year coming out, and they were all like, oh, we want our other TNT championship back. And that's when we cut to the back and Sammy Guevara and Ty Conte had it. And they were like, oh, man, we'd never do anything to this championship, apart from getting a sledgehammer. And hit the crap out of it. This is when Frankie Kazarian walked in. And he was like, oh man, Sammy and Ty, I hate you so much. So then he started to destroy the TNT Championship. And then Sammy Guevara and Ty Conte said to Ethan Page, Dan Lambert and Scorpio Sky, we want that match. And I was like, well, is that the match of Sammy Guevara and Scorpio Sky round three? Or do you mean the mixed tag team match? Nobody told me. And then it just kind of ended. Kaverro and Conte also furiously made out at one point. I don't ever need to see anybody do anything furiously. And all the live reports said that Sammy and Ty were booed. And I couldn't really hear that here. So maybe we'd try trying to change it. So this is the issue we have. And look, when you have this much wrestling, not every single narrative can connect. That's not how it works. You just try and you move on to something else. But I have no idea who to root for in this. And Frankie Kazarian kind of feels like this weird extra body just floating through. So look, we gave it a go. I don't think it's there. I am going to give it a down. But I still tell you, I have absolutely no idea what they're going to do next. It was up to me. We get to double or nothing. And Miro would return. And he'd destroy all of these people then it would be the best thing in wrestling. Had a quick back and forth between Tony Storm and Britt Baker because they are going to meet in the Owen Hart Cup and Baker was all like, Oh, Tony, I hope you don't quit again. Wink, wink. So Storm was all like, Well, I hope you can win without your friends. And also when I'm done with you, you're going to need a dentist of your own. Nudge, nudge. I kind of think that match is going to be brilliant. We then got to our main event. Obviously before that, Excalibur did his amazing magic trick where he runs down every single match you could expect. And he does it at record time. Like, if I tried to do this, it would just sound like, hello, you And we'd be like, man, Simon's got a massive problem. But this dude nails it every single week. Which meant it was time for the Blackpool Combat Club taking on Matt Seidel and Dante Martin. And this is one of those weird wrestling universe matches that you can't believe has come up. Because do not forget, at one point in time, Brian Danielson, John Moxley, and Matt Seidel were all in WWE. I don't think they would have done this in literally a million years. We also had William Regal on commentary and Jake Hagar standing behind Chris Jericho because, of course, he doesn't want to get jumped. And as ever, as soon as Danielson and Mox hit their go button, they were just killers. Like eventually, if they had come out with weapons, I ain't gonna be surprised. I mean, it honestly felt like they were trying to pull Dante's limbs off. after Mox had gone for a charge and miss, like he was a Rocksteady villain, Matt Seidel got the tag. And do not forget, this is not his first rodeo. So he was busting out cradles and hitting a standing moonsault in around about 3.2 seconds. He then decided he wanted to trade with Jonathan Moxley. And I was like, Matthew, what are you doing? Surprise, surprise, he did get worked. And this is when Bryan Daniels was like me, me i want to be involved so he ran off the ring apron and he needs sidell right in the face and then just started walking around going ah wrestling do not make a mistake though the whole point of this was to give dante martin his moment and ensure he came across like a star and flub me sideways we did that because when he got the tag not only did he do this crazy dive over the top rope but he finished it off with this crossbody onto brian danielson and he got so high, I was like, yeah, that's it, he's never coming down. This enraged who just decided to choke Seidel on the outside of the ring. And this is when Danielson not only locked in the label log, but also the rings of Saturn. And when Dante Martin got to the rope, because he will not be defeated, Brian got up, kicked his head in. Seidel loves this man, though, so he did try to help. And at one point, Dante Martin did hit his Springbok moonsault thing onto John Moxley to make you think that maybe, just maybe, we were going to get a massive upset here but of course we didn't. I mean, Dante certainly would not quit because he managed to wiggle out of the paradigm shift and kick out of a power driver. But sooner or later, he got hit with paradigm shift number two. Around this time, Brian Danielson was just whacking Matt Sardell in the face like he owed him money. BCC got the win. But I want to make it doubly clear that Dante Martin, even in defeat, it came across like he has got so much potential, which he does. And almost instantly, this developed into a big ball because the Jericho Appreciation Society are out there and everybody else. And of course, what you want to talk about is this story we had earlier in the week that Brian Danielson got caught in between the rampway and the ring. But I tell you, if you hadn't have read that story, you wouldn't have known... It was barely showed at all. So I'm sure everything is fine, and that is the main thing that Brian Danielson is 100% healthy. And maybe this was just a goofy idea that didn't go to plan. I have no idea. All I do care is that this match was really, really good. And I can't wait for the Anarchy battle. No, Anarchy in the Arena. That's what we're calling it. Anarchy in the Arena. So all of this is getting it up. Which did indeed bring us to the close of another episode of Rampage. And the cool thing about it is we kind of do have our Rampage exclusive stories. And when they get a little bit of momentum, they get moved across to Dynamite. And I quite like that dynamic. Overall, though, it's getting it up.